0: Welcome to the Powerful Conversations with Powerful Women podcast. I'm your host, Claire Thomas. I'm on a mission to support women who feel stuck, unfulfilled and disempowered, have a successful, fulfilled, soul-led life. I guide women to reawaken their unique power. Whether we know it or not, we are all powerful women with powerful stories to share. Sit back, relax and be inspired by my powerful guests. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another powerful conversation with yet another powerful woman. I'm delighted to be joined today by Bridget. Um, so welcome, Bridget. I'm going to let you introduce yourself, um, tell us all about um, who you are, where you're from, what you do, and I look forward to having a really good conversation with you.
1: Well, thank you so much, Claire. Hello, everyone. My name is Brigitte Paneski. I'm a physician by trade. I've spent uh, many years initially in uh family practice with obstetrics, so doing a lot of deliveries, really thought that if we did those nine months correctly, and we would just be launching our babies off to 100 years of good health. But uh, clearly, that wasn't the case. And I hit a snag in my career that made it clear that our healthcare system is so out of date and really needs repair and redesign. And that has uh, led me more and more towards a a tech-enabled career where I'm looking at how technology can enable the smart household, the smart home, so that we as communities can co-create the health intelligence we need to live by, both for ourselves and for each other. And so I recently wrote a book called uh, Wealthcare, Demystifying Web 3 and the Rise of Personal Data Economies. And that uh, work has put me um, in contact with Claire. So I'm excited to be here today.
0: Yeah, thank you. And I know that when we spoke before, there was, uh, there were so many things um, to talk about. And obviously, I think we're we're both passionate in making sure that we all maintain um, a good health across our our lifetime. Um, Tell us a little bit about how um, the importance of, um, I guess, having an awareness around your health and your well-being and how that leads to wealth care, etc.?
1: Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, we often see technology being used for efficiencies and, uh, you know, cost cutting. And I think that especially in healthcare, there is a very much an imperative, a health imperative to use technology in new ways. Um, One of the stark examples that I came across in medical practice, of course, our children tend to be the canaries in the coal mine. And i I'm well aware that older generations never thought twice about going through puberty. We just entered one end and came out the other without, um, you know, lifting a finger of any nature. And then uh, what I saw, though, increasingly was younger populations have conditions altered so much on the ground that a very hormonally sensitive time like puberty can happen with a significant amount of hormonal alterations that, um, are not repairable or reversible once a child passes through that phase. And mm-hmm. of course, this is really concerning because our children are 12, 14, when they're going through puberty, they have no, excuse me, <clears throat> he's losing my voice. <laughs> they have no ability to, um, provide informed consent for anything that's happening. Their parents don't even yeah. know what's happening. Yeah. And yet, um, you know, 18 to 24, I can't reverse that situation for them. I can't reintroduce puberty. And it was very noticeable in, in the young men that they had, um, uh, especially those that were overweight or obese during puberty, that's um, tissue or adipose tissue creates estrone, which is a female-like hormone, and that can interfere with the testosterone receptors. Right. These, these boys were not um, you know, going for the big job or the big exam or the big relationship. They were hoping to simply stay in front of a screen, bother no one, hoping that no one would bother them. This, of course, drives their parents crazy. They should be out looking for work. And, um, and it's not rare, you know, in the U.S. we have a third of our adolescents overweight or obese. And uh, I think families are not um, informed sufficiently with respect to why this happens and um, how important it is to avoid um, overweight and obesity during adolescence.
0: Mm. And what 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 is it that is or what can be done to bring more awareness to what from such a young age to preventing obesity? Well, I think um, we need to recognize that we the older generations
1: are the last of the accidentally well. They never paid attention to their health. Mm. They sort of accidentally had sufficient um, access to farm foods to movement, you know, occupations were labor related. Now most of employment is knowledge work. And so we're moving a lot less uh, sleep. We have control over photo period. We can keep the lights on 24. Yeah, And so we've entered a world in which no population will ever be accidentally well again. All future mm. populations, especially younger and younger ones will have conditions so altered on the ground that they will need much better access to the minutiae of their lives to understand if, in fact, they have gathered the co-occurrences that matter for them to have access to their genetic potential. Because, of mm. course, our genetics are not changing. That takes hundreds, you know, it takes centuries to change our genetics. So our young kids have exactly the same gene pool that our population had. But um, the gene expression, the ability to turn on and off genes is regulated by the influences that occur on a day-to-day basis throughout mm. our environment. And that is what's changing so dramatically for future populations. And so in order to have access to the minutiae of our lives, that's becoming easier and easier. We've got now wearables and um, you know, apps. We can have amazing sleep measurements, move measurements, yeah. movement measurements, even um, a smattering of what types of nutrition we're exposing ourselves to. So documenting and digitizing our health expression is becoming much more doable. I mean, we don't have to, you know, do daily life logging anymore. Representative samples are sufficient. We can use AI and other tools to fill in those gaps. And, and so we're Walking into a world where we would need to digitize our physical health expression such that it would be explorable by AI tools in such a way that it could teach us now which lanes we're swimming in, in order to give us an opportunity to choose a different lane, if that's what we would like. And I think the whole point of Web 3.0 is that we couldn't have done any of this, given the current uh, internet structure that we have, which we currently call Web 2.0 that would mean that industry or government would have access to the minutiae of our lives which is clearly not something we as individuals see as safe or yeah. uh, or desirable and uh, and now the the whole point of the book and this effort is we have the technology now where it would be very possible for individuals like you and I to have uh, control over the the Digital footprint of our the digital signature of our lives in ways that would benefit ourselves as well as each other and we could do that in safe and effective ways we wouldn't need to rely on large industries or government to do it for us and yeah I think, huge opportunity here to do things differently
0: yeah and i can imagine when you combine um real data that's um personalized Um, with um, really solid guidance and direction that it becomes a lot easier for people to want to implement it um, because the data is there. Um, And there's something about having that information in front of you that makes you want to comply more.
1: Well, yeah, I think you're hitting on a very important point, which is engagement. We, healthcare has struggled to generate engagement in populations. And I think we've really failed in terms of personalizing that information. So the beauty of AI is it can peruse, you know, hundreds of thousands of parameters about an individual and come up with 20 or 30 suggestions that would be meaningful for a person. And those 20 or 30 would be things that the individual might be able to select from and um, make a choice. I always... um, or I often provide the example of Steve Jobs. You know, He had uh, a lot of resources at his disposal and yet um, healthcare and in, its, in its current form, in its current outdated form according mm. to um, many folks, uh, was not able to provide him with sufficient information that he was tracking towards pancreatic cancer or offer him an opportunity to step out of that lane if that was possible. But a world in which um, all of us participated in uh, detailing the minutia of our lives and being safely and effectively cloaked in terms of our personal identity, Mm -hmm. we would be able to um, anticipate a future where individuals that are perhaps tracking towards a very serious outcome could be informed of that in time to make a difference. And, yeah. and that's the future that I think brings us all together in a way that um, we haven't been together <laughs> previously. Yeah. Because yeah. clearly Steve could, could never have figured it out as a as an individual and, and of one. We would yeah. need an end of many. So and that's one of the beauties. Our planet hosts a few billion people.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's enough people in that few billion to get a large enough som- sample of similar people to great trend. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think that's one of the other beautiful things about healthcare as an industry to usher us into this sort of, um, personally controlled future is the fact that in healthcare, we really do want to encourage everybody, regardless of how much health they have or, or lack thereof, because we need both expressions to Inform the truth. We need both good health and bad health to inform the truth. And this isn't the case in other industries. For instance, the financial industry perhaps has less motivation to onboard individuals with low assets. And there isn't sort of this built in incentive to try to onboard everybody, regardless of their asset class. And Mm. in healthcare, we do need everybody's health expression if we want to have a, a full and highly detailed you know high defin- definition understanding of the truth
0: throughout the decades of our lives. Yeah. So what sort of time frame are, are we looking at to reach like the the ideal situation where we're able to accurately take uh, the right choices about our health and aim to stay healthy? for the majority of our lives, is that something that's a few years away, decades away?
1: Yeah, and I think the uh, good way to answer that is to, to just walk us back and talk through what web one, two, and three means uh, for your audience. So remember um, the initial web one that uh, arrived the World Wide Web, it was in fact uh, an opportunity for all of us to see the same information on the screen. Mm-hmm. And uh, that then quickly Transformed itself by offering the opportunity to do transactions and have websites on the internet. And that's what we're calling Web2, the internet Mm -hmm. that we're currently involved in. And what happened with that was rather than all of us having the same experience, suddenly companies and certain uh, small groups of people were able to exploit transactions and websites to a degree much uh, greater than the average individual could. And so you had a, a rapid widening or, or asymmetry of power on the internet. And, mm. and so with Web3, the uh, it's better to think of it, not as a technology, but as an ethos of using now mathematically fortified tools to bring us back to that Web1 ethos where each of us, has an opportunity to be um, active players with respect to our own digital footprint that we now have the opportunity to safely and securely cus- you know, be the custodian of our mm-hmm. personal data and to without too much effort provide authorizations for that information or, or digital um, data to be used in various marketplaces. And so we see a future whereby, yes, the engagement will increase because it's highly personalized, but also a future where individuals would be using their health data as an economic asset for themselves. Mm. And this is especially important in a world that's moving more and more towards automation, where um, many of our, you know, traditional employment opportunities will be replaced by um, machines rather than ourselves. And yet the um, one of the benefits <laughs> is the fact that uh, our lives are so complex, the ability for machines to simulate us anytime soon is um, still remote. And so there may be a future in which we are gaining sufficient income from participating in data marketplaces such that many of us only require perhaps part-time jobs and. Mm spend um, part of our day actually deliberately using devices and apps to digitize mm-hmm. our health expression so that our, um, our economic benefit will be even greater. In terms of yeah. timeline, the, the technology is here. People are using it today in very
0: um,
1: early ways. So for instance, there's a, a group in Toronto that's looking at using the technology for individuals that have been diagnosed with a uh, significant genetic marker that suggests an adverse health outcome down the road. But uh, of course, the even for things like breast cancer with a marker, you know, 50% of the that group will not get breast cancer. And yeah. understanding why that group didn't get breast cancer again depends on us gathering that minutia of the yeah. Lives to be able to uh, determine, okay, what are the things that really matter? How much of and how long do we need to participate in those items? And how do we actually deliberately design an opportunity for individuals, even with a genetic marker, to just completely bypass that as a the health outcome down the road? So, yeah, being really it used in those places, I think the. Um, The onboarding, uh, you know, having to have a wallet and participate in tokenization of the data uh, and some of the other mathematically fortified tools that we're using in Web3 are still a bit cumbersome for the average individual. And so we'll see some improvement there. But Mm. I think what we're going to find very quickly is, um, is that this becomes the norm that people expect to digitize the minutiae of their lives they expect yeah. to not um, have what we have now which is <laughs> recall I mean we go through hundreds of transactions in a year and um, you know you ask an individual what cream did they use for that rash two years ago they have no recall yeah. they don't know what they were prescribed etc but uh, yeah, well, what, I, what I talk about in the book is this three zone model where the the base zone is home base where uh, is basically a safe place for you and i to dump our transactions that means that anytime you have a question that say hey what was that cream i used 2 years ago you just query your home base ai and that mm. means that anything that you've ever been prescribed or any visit you've ever had whatever you've dumped in your home base is mm. always infinitely absolutely correctly available to you when you ask
0: for wow. it wow yeah
1: and so that's that that's the um sort of base layer and then on top of that is a what we're calling a non-rivalrous you know no intellectual property ai that runs on top so you and i from our home base we would offer some of our data packets to be perused by each other in a way in which we could answer questions together so, yeah. for instance, um, if I want to know is there a type of yoga that works better for migraine, that's something I can't answer by myself. But we, as a group of women yeah. using various yoga or meditation techniques, would be able to surface um, some suggestions about what works best for whom. And then the yeah. third layer is the traditional um, commercial layer. So the The middle layer AI just serves up correlations. It says, oh, this yoga works with this type of migraine. And then the um, commercial layer would add scientific rigor and pull out causations and build new um, intellectual property and products and services
0: based on what's being served up by the community. Yeah, yeah. And I I assume that the future generations, this is something that's going to be really powerful, because potentially if you if you start collecting data on yourself from quite a young age, Mm -hmm. that you've got all of any sort of traumatic events or that that happen or illnesses that happen in childhood, Mm -hmm. that will manifest in potentially something else later on, you've got all of the data there as well. Exactly. So you have yeah. only an opportunity to
1: choose your future, to have the freedom to select mm-hmm. the health futures that you prefer. Right now, we're all walking around blindly, hoping that something doesn't fall out of the sky. And, yeah. uh, and that's uh, a really outdated approach. Not only yeah. are we walking around blindly, healthcare today still treats each of us as a population. So whenever you yeah. see a physician, they see a population walking in saying, Oh, women. A woman, reproductive age, you know, a few other parameters, and then they make a decision. Um, Yeah. And so that's really problematic if you are diagnosed with a a serious condition because none of us want an average outcome from a serious condition. We all want the optimal outcome. But in order to understand how to achieve optimal, again, we would need to have access to those individuals that achieved optimal. What was what were the um, co-occurrences that allowed them to achieve optimal and this is something that um is not available in the current healthcare system we have yeah. we have data records in healthcare but those data records are disease management
0: they do mm. not
1: contain the minutiae of our lives that will
0: yeah.
1: separate us from those that achieve
0: average and those that achieve
1: optimal outcomes
0: so how do you get around kind of like the, in my head, I've got like a chicken and egg type thing going on here is that you could, there's still like, you could say there's billions of dollars or pounds that need to still be invested into healthcare to make what we've got better. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like you you need, all of this could prevent the what what we're having to invest into as well. So how do you get around that chicken and egg problem? Yeah, I know that's a really good question. And interestingly,
1: uh, I think most of historical approaches have tried to tackle healthcare straight on. And I think that um, we've already got an example with Bitcoin. Uh, how we should be doing things differently. Bitcoin did nothing to the financial system. It just showed mm-hmm. up alongside. And so I see this model being the same it, it, as a model that just does nothing to the current healthcare system, leave the efforts that are underway there alone. And um, But in the meantime, now there is this very safe, very effective place for you just to dump everything. And- mm-hmm. Maybe initially we all just are so um, find it so irresistible to have a safe place to dump things because then we won't forget anything because <laughs> we know yeah. we're going to forget yeah. at least 99% of what happened to us in the last decade. And there's no way we, you know, who knows what they ate last week on Tuesday. There's never going to yeah. be that idea to have that available but if there is a safe and effective place to just dump all your transactions then you will um, likely have more and more folks just using it for the fact that they want to be able to have access to those transactions for instance, if it's travel, you want to be able to say, yes, I did get my blood work done and these are the results that I had so that we don't have to redraw those because I happen to be in Italy instead of where I normally am, etc. Mm-hmm. So yeah. starting to use it just as a convenience tool and then, like you say, with a chicken and egg, as that, that corpus of uh, data under con- the control of individuals grow, then uh individuals can begin to self-organize according to the things that they would like to have answered. Yeah. Be it sleep, migraine, um, back pain, whatever that you'll start to be able to use that home base in ways that go beyond just remembering everything for you at all times.
0: Yeah. I find it really, really, really exciting. Actually, I can see so, so much, so much potential, um, and it as hard as it sounds to get it all up and running it seems a whole lot easier than dealing with everything that's already there and trying to make that better Mm -hmm.
1: um yeah anybody who's ever moved or or you know (laughs) had yeah multiple kids to look after uh there's just way too many moving parts for us to use with our current tools and so I think that's the beauty of AI and the fact that more and more people are using AI themselves, asking questions today in ways they wouldn't have been able to previously. That yeah. that will become the new norm. People will be expecting to yeah. have a safe place for all their stuff that is blocked off from industry or government access, where they yeah. can be um, very reassured that everything in there is true because they put it in there at the mm. time it happened. Yeah. And that everything is verified as um, basically belonging and uh, having occurred to themselves.
0: Yeah. I've still got this image in my head of going to my local GP and seeing um, behind the reception there's just this wall of patient records that look like they've been there since <laughs> since time started mm-hmm. and just thinking, gosh, not even that's online at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway... <laughs> That's yeah. The, that's the yeah.
1: scary um, place that we were were in, and sometimes we're still there, which is, like yeah. I say, so outdated. And um, yeah, we have new tools now to make it much easier for us to manage yeah. the of our lives, and I think we can do it safely and effectively. And then that will open up massive amount of opportunity that isn't available today. We'll, we're yeah. all still on standby, waiting to be told. Yeah, yeah. Wait- when we should screen for something or when uh, we need to come in for something. But uh, we would be looking you know, at a future where they, the group would teach us what's reachable and when things should happen that are specific yeah. to
0: us as individuals. Mm-hmm. So what would be, um, I guess, to wrap up your top tip for somebody today, if they were to choose a particular type of, of wearable or start tracking or monitoring something just out of, even just out of their own curiosity, mm-hmm. what would be the easiest thing for somebody to do?
1: Well, I think um, one of the places that are, is super easy is monitoring your sleep. So for instance, uh, the aura ring, you just have to yeah. uh, you just charge it a few times, you know, once a week or so. And then that it gives you a good insight into your sleep, which gives you really good insight into your daytime productivity. Yeah. What's, interesting today is that all of these devices still only reflect our own data back at us and of of course the future that you and i are talking about claire is where we're not just looking at our own data we have the opportunity to see our sleep data in the context of everybody else's sleep data yeah and it might be the group out in sweden that is actually teaching you what seems to work best especially through you know Sleep challenging times such as travel. Yeah. Yeah. And and groups can self organize with the data and say, I've I've done this, this, and this. And these are the things that work really well. And you get a little bit of that with the Aura community and the Aura blogging. Um, Folks get together and talk about what they've seen with respect to helping um, improve their heart rate variability. So, of course, alcohol is very much a damper in heart rate variability. Yeah. So, um, so these types of things are are vaguely available through the current model, but I think it'll be yeah. much more robust where yeah. we deliberately participate with our data with each other and have um, the ability to answer questions in really high definition. So I think that yeah. that's a great place to start. Yeah. And then um, if you have, if you're interested in, you know, all the perils of, web two and the fact that uh, you know our data is is being currently utilized in ways that we haven't approved um shoshana zuboff's book uh, surveillance capitalism is a great great resource as well
0: okay cool yeah -hmm. yeah that sounds good i definitely have some links to those i can that would be great if you could not put it in the notes that would be Mm -hmm. really 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 useful and to your book as well excellent Um, yeah and yeah, I know my my um my husband has an aura ring, and he, um, he's found it very insightful in terms of his sleep, alcohol consumption, time of day he eats, all mm-hmm. of those things. It's really quite interesting. Um, and yeah, it even he can even notice now when, um, he's going to be ill because of his heart rate. Um, yes. Yeah, so well, he knows before you know that. He- yeah, 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 exactly. Which I think is really fascinating. <laughs> so. Yeah, they're really good. Well, um, I will, the best way for people to reach you, I'll put it in the in the show notes anyway, but what's the best way, obviously reading your book? Right, uh, so
1: via LinkedIn, uh, yeah. it, and uh, on, on X, I guess it is, it's uh, Wealthcare Web 3. So Brilliant. I'll provide you those as well
0: super wonderful oh i i found it fascinating i could talk about this topic for quite a long time because i find it very intriguing and exciting um such a dynamic industry to be in so i really appreciate you joining me today my um, pleasure with that Great. wonderful thank you very much bye now take care thank you for listening to this powerful conversation Your support is greatly appreciated, so please follow the show. I'd love you to like, comment and share this episode with anyone that would get something from listening to it. We are all powerful, so if you would like to share your story, please send me an email to claire at reachingmybest.com or click on the link in the show notes. Live and love powerfully right now in this moment.